Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome back to Ohioan, and we're happy to welcome back a little tied up for a few weeks, but Rachel Coyle from How Things Work, the Ohio State House, um, co-founder there. Rachel, how are you doing today? Well, we're nearing the end of budget season, so it's crazy over at the State House. Yeah, I mean, every time I'm looking at my to-do list at work today, I'm seeing another State House story. I'm like, man. Uh, we've got a great state house um, staff over there, and it's like they got stories pumping up. And like you said, it's budget time. It's really uh, crazy down there. Um, one of the things you wanted to talk about today was um, there is some legislation going on on critical race theory. And I want to first start out, and I, I'm trying to figure this out from both sides. Like you said, state house budget. I mean, you know, it's one thing if we had nothing to talk about. Like, if we sat here and said, man, you know, we're sitting here and we're looking for something to talk about, maybe you talk about that. Well, but first of all, I'm not even sure, why are we addressing this right now with everything else coming up? It, it seems to be like, like if we're talking about this and I'm saying, hey, Rachel, what are we going to do for Christmas? And you're like, Dude, that's six months away. You know, we've got more important things going on right now. I don't understand, first of all, what's the reasoning for the Republican Party to try to attack this issue right now? I'm a little bit confused. So, unfortunately, it really is a it's part of the strategy. You know, we see this every couple years uh, during the budget season, but we also see it every two years during the lame duck period at the end of the, the two-year term that the State House operates in. They try to jam as many controversial things through all at the same time. So they're all having hearings at the same time. And it makes it really hard to focus. It makes it really hard to nail down a counter message for folks who want to oppose these bills. It makes it so that no one can focus all their attention on everything all at the same time. So, so it's easier to get some really controversial bills through. We see that happen once or twice a year during these specific periods of time. And it's very frustrating uh, for folks who, who oppose any of this legislation. Is there, and I know there's underlying issues there, and I think we can all pretty much spell out what the underlying issues are, but what's the argument? Because like, I'm looking at this uh, education, this teaching, and just explaining what happened. I mean, it's not calling for reparations. It's not calling for you know, uh, white people to give up things. It's just saying, understand the fullness of history. Am I missing something? Because I, I'm not sure what the harm is in here. Uh, what's the Republican argument that way? Yeah, so right now there's a lot of Republican attacks on what's called critical race theory, mm -hmm. uh, which is 
It's the people are being told that critical race theory is being taught in classrooms, which is just so inaccurate for so many reasons. Uh, but critical race theory is a, an academic concept that's been being developed by black legal scholars for the, uh, the last 40 years. And it basically is, it's um, taught to you know, professors and high level higher education folks to try and think through how racism throughout time has impacted our society today. So how it has been written into our systems and ways that they can you know, maybe think through how to teach other subjects with just that in mind. It's not a class subject that you're gonna have in, in your classrooms, especially in a K-12 classroom. Uh, but yeah. there is this fear that it's being, it's kind of being used to indoctrinate students into thinking, you know, that white people should feel guilty for everything they do is, is the fear. And so there's these bills now in Ohio, two different bills that would ban the teaching of what they're calling divisive concepts in classrooms which is it's very, very broadly written. It would impact every single subject in school with very few exceptions. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to teach a lot of different things that are considered very important uh, today, including, you know, you can talk about slavery, but you couldn't talk about how slavery has impacted us today or our systems or how you know, racism still impacts society today. And it, it makes it so you could really only teach kind of dates and times rather than the why and the how it happened and the how we got here. Uh, it would very, very much impact all aspects of education, but especially talking about things, racism, sexism, prejudice, those those topics that we really probably should be at least touching on in, in classrooms. Well, and the real sad thing is you can make argument the other way. I grew up in a white area, a predominantly white area, and sadly, Knew nothing about Juneteenth, knew nothing about Tulsa Race Massacre, and some other stuff. And I, I just, either side, it's so weird when you go one way or the other, because you can act, go back the other way and say, wait a minute, I'm a white guy that never heard about some of this stuff as a kid. That's a problem, too. I, I, I just, yeah, it, it kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, and even in, um, I know it's an entirely different issue, but with evolution, you know, there was a big argument about debating that in school. Should you teach evolution? Should you teach the theory of creationism? What do you do? And it was funny. Our biology teacher came around to each table and he just said, hey, here's evolution, here's creationism, I'm done. You know, and that's it. And it's funny how we make a big deal about, oh, we're teaching these divisive issues where teachers will teach what they want to teach. And I, I, it's just crazy that we're not teaching certain parts of history. History is history. And, you so, know, this would be, like you said, with evolution, it would go beyond even history classes where they yeah. can assign any student to take any point of view, any side of any issue um, ever. Um, so that would be, you know, you have to ask how broad that would go. Does that mean right. you can ever assign a student to write about evolution or climate change or dinosaurs even? Because there are people who believe that those things you know, are not scientifically accurate just because they don't listen to the science or it's a religious belief. But how far would these bills expand is a really big fear that folks have because they're written just so broadly. And it's just a shame with everything going on. It's the budget and everything. I mean, this should be something if it's being discussed at all, say, hey, look, let's wait a couple months. Instead, we're right. trying to force the fruit in the slime duck period, too. So what do you think the next step is? I know we're recording this on a um, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, what do you see as the next step in this debate? Uh, are more discussions scheduled this week? Or? 
Yes, there is a hearing scheduled for both bills this week for proponent or supporter testimony. So people are going to come in and talk about why they they want these bills to move forward. Usually after that, probably in a week or so, there will be a opponent testimony for folks who want these bills to not pass. Um, and we don't know if they're going to try and pass the bills before the budget or if they're going to wait until the fall. Uh, but it's really at this point, because the bills are starting to get hearings, this is a chance for opponents to come out and talk about them. So like you mentioned, Juneteenth, uh, that's a perfect example of our fears right. about these bills, because I also didn't learn about Juneteenth in school. But even if I had learned the date of Juneteenth, it wouldn't have taught me about why it matters to, to know about it. Um, and so it is, it's really, we've been using that this past few days with the first official Juneteenth celebration to discuss right. how, you know, education has to be more than just dates. It has to be, there has to be a reason for teaching it to kind of teach kids how to think critically. Yeah. And I mean, even growing up in white school, they didn't teach some of the things that we should have taught. Mm -hmm. I've never been in a classroom and, and I'm sure people are going to be like, Oh yes, you have. No, I haven't been in a classroom where teachers said, Hey, you must feel this way about this. I mean, even the whole discussion about school prayer, there's been no, no teachers said, no, you can't pray. And I, I think these things kind of get overblown to a certain weird way where it's not, it's silly to, think about that we're wasting our time debating bills like this and it's also silly just to try to figure out what's the point what are we trying to do here it, it doesn't seem to be helpful that we're putting bills through like this i guess that's what i'm saying and there's a lot of fear built into the bills uh because like they can't be in every class policing the teachers but right. they're in this bill uh parents could sue if they thought their student was being quote indoctrinated uh by teachers in the classroom and teachers could lose their jobs or they could lose their licenses. So what's going to happen is teachers are going to be too scared to even go near any of these subjects. And they're just going to avoid them altogether, which could really mean students never hear about anything involving racism uh, just right. or sexism or prejudice because the teachers don't know where the line is. Wouldn't the pushback be, why are we learning about wars? I mean, whatever the war is, you know, hey, it's sad. You know, I mean, even wars that were justified, you could say, wow, I'm sad that X number of Americans died in this war or something. And yeah, that's I, the opinion, and maybe it yeah. wouldn't be allowed as well, right? And so there's, you know, there's that other question is how do you teach subjects without any, without being partial at all when we're talking about something like slavery? How do you say, right. how do you talk about slavery without saying slavery is bad and the people who did it were problematic, things like that? And again, I don't want to, you know, throw out the racism term against people, but here's the other question, too. If you're saying, I want to hear history, but I don't want to hear about this. If you're putting a label on this, like, I don't want to hear about baseball, or I don't want to hear about wars or whatever, you might say, well, hey, he's anti-baseball or he's anti-war. Well, if you're throwing out a, hey, I don't want to hear about racism... I, I'm sorry. I mean, I hate to call people racist. I mean, I don't think this is a form for that, but you see what I'm saying? It kind of, it's a logical next step that I don't think people are realizing they're advocating when they say, hey, we don't want to teach things about racism. You know? mm -hmm. And it really, it is. It's, we can't move forward as a society unless we talk about these things and talk about how these right. systems were allowed to continue for so long. And it is, it's very disheartening to think that kids in classrooms won't be even taught to think for themselves about these issues because they'll never even know that they existed at all. 
best uh, what's your best advice if someone's listening and saying oh my goodness i know they were talking about that probably is what call your local rep or senator and say hey get busy and you know make your feelings known right is that probably the best way to respond if Yes. Somebody here just goes, whoa, what's going on down there? Right. Both the bills conveniently are in the same House committee, um, the state and local government committee. So you can contact the chair. It's Scott Wiggum and tell him basically to stop moving these bills forward. Even if he doesn't stop them forever, there needs to be this is a huge, you know, life altering thing that we're thinking about doing. These bills deserve tons of t- time and attention, uh, time for folks to come in and talk about their personal experiences they should not be ramming these bills through without the public knowing they're happening. So even if you contact the committee chair and tell them to slow them down, um, that would be a great help. And it sounds like that would be your advice, even if someone's sitting out there going, hey, maybe it's not a bad idea, let's do that. Your thought is, no matter how you feel about the bill, positive or negative, hey, let's take some time. You know, sometimes the best bill is take some time. Okay. And his email is very easy to remember. It's rep01 at ohiohouse.gov. So yeah. it's an easy one for you. Rep zero one. So mm-hmm. very good. Well, um, lots of stuff going on. I wanted to ask. Yeah. Let me ask about this. I'm sorry. I threw this one at you at the last sure. minute. Uh, Larry Householder. Obviously you got expelled last week. Yep. It is wild. I didn't realize this. Wednesday's a deadline. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got one more day to, you know, apply. I guess there's some interviews, but it's entirely up to speaker cup. I thought that was wild. Yes, it's it's interesting in Ohio there because Larry Householder is a Republican, the Republican caucus gets to replace him. So it's not a special election type situation. It's the same with the Democrats. If one of their members were to leave, they'd get to replace that person, too. Uh, Tyler Buchanan broke the story on Saturday. We had a dispatch on over the weekend, too. And I actually mm-hmm. talked to Chris McNeil yesterday. Um, kind of a fun guy on Twitter. Um is it a big deal that he's like two, three miles out of the district? That's one thing he's trying to figure out. How closely do they look at stuff like that for the application? That is a great question. At the congressional level, you don't have to live physically in the district in order to run okay. for this. That actually might not be true at the state house level. They might have to physically live in the district. Even if not, that'll be a huge campaign issue against him, though, because people can yeah. run out saying he's not even from here, you know. Um, so it is, even if it's not technically illegal, I wouldn't recommend it. Well, he's he's checking into it because he was thinking maybe the special election rules are different. And he said, <laughs> you know, he could, if he felt like he asked what he needed to do, he could move. I mean, it's three miles away. It's not like he has to move to Russia or anything else like that. So. Although interesting, that there may be a law about how long you have to live in the district before you can run there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Three miles out. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that, so kind of crazy. All right. Well, Rachel, thanks again for your time. We appreciate that. Uh, I know Rachel is tied up with some work projects, and we'll try to have her on as much as we can, or if we call on her for a particular topic, or if she's fired up on another topic. So you may not see Rachel every week, but we'll have her on a regular basis. So thanks, Rachel. Hang out for a sec, and thanks for checking out to Howland. You all have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about 
our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.